Now, Backyard Millionaire. How to create wealth where you are with what you've got. Here's your host, Chris Story. Here to talk about the four home formula for you. This is your formula. It works. It's guaranteed to work. If you'll own and control four homes in your own backyard, you'll become a millionaire. It's simple. It's true. It's proven. And yes, this plan is available to you and it will work for you. Just remember these words, buy and hold equals gold. Okay, and these words, you cannot save your way to wealth, but you can invest your way to a fortune if you can learn to save. I'm going to get that tattooed somewhere. I don't, I'm not going to tell you where, but, I, but somewhere. What a great reminder. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Thank you to Mr. David Webb, engineering and producing the broadcast. Thank you for wherever you're listening to this. And I don't care where or when it is. You can go online at ilovehomeralaska.com and listen back to the podcast later or wherever you collect podcasts. Do subscribe to The Backyard Millionaire. In fact, just a little show announcement here, a little behind the scenes, if you will. We're going to be going, you know, you can find me here once a week. However, we're also going to be launching a compendium podcast, standalone, never to be broadcast, only to be podcast coming up next Wednesday. And the goal and the plan is to every Wednesday thereafter have an independent individual podcast that can only be heard by subscribing to for free, The Backyard Millionaire, wherever you collect podcasts. That's just a little behind the scenes because there's a lot there's a lot more to tackle and sometimes it's topical, sometimes it's timely, sometimes it's news events, sometimes it's just pure strategy or happenstance of a conversation that I've overheard or been part of or generated and want to share with you in a little different format. But it'll be the same amazing world-class production you're used to here. See those houses over there? I'm buying them. Those crappy ones? Well, what for? For an investment. What have I been saying? I don't know. Real estate. Buy real estate. Y'all ready for this? Even Tony Soprano knows to buy real estate. Oh, I am just so... I'm so frustrated. I'm excited and, dare I say, titillated at the concept and the idea of sharing this message about becoming a backyard millionaire and owning and controlling four homes. As you look around your neighborhood, look around your backyard, look around your community, what you can do, the power you've got. And then I, I look at what's happening nationwide, not unique to where you are. It's happening nationwide. BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard have a stated goal to own between 60 and 75% of all single-family homes by 2030. And this is not something we can sustain as a free, independent people. We can't sustain that. That kind of a monopoly, that kind of a, uh, removal from the private sector, removal from private property, it's still quasi-private, but it isn't. It's governmentally adjoined, if you will, or tangential. We need to take control of our own backyard, your backyard. 
don't let nameless, faceless corporations and LLCs own more of your backyard than you do. And by you, I mean you, the community. Maybe this is past your prime. Maybe you're saying, look, story, it's a good story, but I'm not in the market to buy any more property. What we need to do as a community, though, is advantage and open the opportunity to young people, to people that want to be invested, more invested in their own community to do so. That's partly an awareness campaign. That's partly um, know who you're selling to. Now, this is easier said than done. Imagine this. Tiffany and I have a property. I'm going to talk about it a little bit later in a live like you're selling segment. But we have a property that we're considering selling. I was talking to my brother yesterday about this. And I said, you know, it's easy for me to be frustrated. It's easy for me to share these frustrations, or as some people say, frustrations, with BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard gobbling up private property, billionaires gobbling up farmland, China gobbling up American farmland, question mark, how can this be? Well, look at your senators, not doing anything about it. It's up to you. It's up to me. We are the owners. We control the destiny of our own private property rights unless we sell out. And that's what I was telling my brother. So I have this house that I'm considering selling. And whatever we're asking is irrelevant. The point is if somebody comes along and says, look, it's cash. It's an LLC you've never heard of. Don't worry about it. And it's 20% more than you're asking. Ooh. Boy, easy to say. Well, don't sell the black rock. And then you're faced with that decision. You're faced with, shall I take the extra cash? Um, I mean, who am I to say? I mean, really, equivocation begins, justification begins. The reality is, though, it's up to you. So if you're in the older generation, say, for example, that isn't in the market, what can you do? Well, I'll tell you what you could do. You can educate people downstream from you or down the ladder from you. Um, maybe you're not in the market to buy yourself, but are you in the position where you want to take and liquidate some money carefully from one asset column and put it into work into the marketplace in another way. I'm talking about private financing, writing deeds of trust, things like that. There are things that you can do even if you don't want to be the one to own a little bit more of your own backyard. Education is a big piece of it. Hey, if, if what have you done? What can you share? What can you alert your local community to relative to, yes, you can do this. Let's not just sell out. Let's sell within. Let's sell and build up within our own ranks and build our community and advantage young people in our own community to be able to afford to live here. That's job creation. That's wealth creation. That's understanding the economy. That's understanding capitalism in its true essence, in its Adam Smith essence and form. I'm not talking about crony capitalism. I'm not talking about highly regulated capitalism. I'm not talking about waiting for your state senator to come to town with more CARES Act money to create more subsidized housing. That is not the way to wealth. That's not the way forward. It's an opportunity, and we have enough, by and large, we have enough of that. What we need more of is an advantaged opportunity for free market. And for those within the community to advantage themselves and take care of our own. And it starts with education. In that vein, let me share with you the three C's of becoming a backyard millionaire. I mean, it could have been four. 
but I like three. Three C's of becoming a backyard millionaire. And this is a message that should be shared loud and proud wherever you are. I don't care what community you're in or where you're hearing this, these things apply. And again, if this doesn't apply to you today, forward it to somebody who does. Take some notes, send them a text message, an email, a handwritten letter, forward this pro- podcast or broadcast from ilovehomerlaska.com. Say, listen to this. This is for you, the three C's of becoming a backyard millionaire. The first C is cash flow. When you decide to invest in property, you measure its cash flow. You have to have a fundamental understanding of what creates cash flow and what it means and how much is enough. And do you have any retained earnings? Do you have an opportunity to save a little bit more than what the payment is going to cost on a monthly basis such that you can replace things and rehab and and have some retained earnings for reinvestment into your investment? That's cash flow. you got to fundamentally understand that and master an understanding long before you actually have the asset. You'll be far ahead. Trust me, I did it the other way around. Second C is credit. You got to understand the credit game. And unfortunately, we have a pretty unregulated, unscrupulous credit card war happening. And I do think it's a war on young people and a war on the impoverished to take out far more credit than they can possibly pay back at 22, 25% interest. Are you kidding me? That is a, that is a cycle, cyclical trap. And unfortunately, it's a relatively unregulated process by which young people are handed applications and cards. And here, just take this. We have to understand that game, and it is a game. There are three credit reporting agencies. You have to be participating in the game to be able to establish a credit to get more credit. But I'm talking about smart money, not just other people's money, but smart other people's money. So you have to understand that game. And here's what a lot of young people don't know. There are good mortgage brokers in every community. Leave it. If you saw a TV commercial, don't call. If you saw it on a Facebook ad or an Instagram or, God forbid, a Chinese TikTok ad, don't call. Go to somebody that you know, like, and trust in your community and say, hey, who do you like for mortgages? Who should I talk to? And then you trust that person, you talk to that person, and they will counsel you on how to master the game of credit. We've been sharing that here on this show for years, well over a decade, sharing how to master that game of credit. It's that fundamental, it's that important. And then the third C of becoming a backyard millionaire, where you are with what you've got, is creativity. Being creative, thinking beyond just what's in front of you. It's not linear, it's not black and white. Real estate investment is a creative art. I used to do a a small podcast for realtors called The Art and Science of Selling because to me, it's no different than, than investing. The art and science of investing. There is an art to it and there is a science to it. And for you and I to master the game and become backyard millionaires and maintain control of our own backyard, we have to understand creativity is a huge part of it. Creativity, under the banner of creativity comes, guess what? Relationships. Because relationships can make all the difference. Who do you know that can help you solve a problem as you move forward. And when you master these three C's, you can sail in any C's, no matter the economy. You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire. Christopher Story here along with Mr. David Webb. When we come back, I'm going to share with you how to start a business with $100 or less. Stick around. We'll be right back. 
Jim Rohn long ago gave the greatest wealth advice in the world on how, just how to master the game of wealth and master the game of money. Here's what he said. Work full-time on your job and part-time on your future fortune. You're listening to The Backyard, a millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. And remember, when you hear the word wealth, in your mind, I want you to string it out to three words, health, wealth, and prosperity, because it takes all three to have true and lasting wealth. Wealth isn't about your bank account, isn't about available cash funds. Wealth is about health, money available to you, yes, income, yes, and prosperity means the amount of money you can have earning for you going forward without you working for it. And inclusive in all of this, or maybe even overarching this, is family and relationships. That's what I mean when I say you really can create wealth in your own backyard with what you've got right now today. So if Jim Rohn is right, and he is, you can work full-time on your job. And I don't care what that job is, by the way. I really don't. It doesn't matter what that job is. You can work full-time on it. You can be committed to it. And yet still, in the part-time, work on your future fortune. And real estate is a path to part-time work. It is, a, it is a part-time path, I would put it better, towards wealth and your future fortune. It really is. Now, as proposed by Klaus Schwab and the gang at the WEF, the World Economic Forum, and the whole Great Reset, which is not hidden at all, it's out in the open, they have envisioned a world where you own less, possibly even nothing, and you shall be happy. Nope. Not you and I. We know that by 2030, you'll not own nothing. You'll own more. You'll own something. And you'll be happy. And you'll be prosperous. And you'll be wealthy. That's what's in store for you. That is exactly what's in store for you. That's what I want for you. If you ever run across somebody who says, no, 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 don't. 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 Don't want to own a Are you kidding me? Own a home when you could rent this apartment and have virtual reality and just plug in a chip into your brain and just, it's going to be great. Nope. You and I, we know that owning your future, owning your destiny doesn't involve following some far-flung leader globally. And you're not a global citizen. You're a sovereign being. You are an individual, presumably in the greatest nation on earth, you're listening in America, although we do have people that listen around the world on the podcast, but I'm talking to you because you have control over this. And if you'll adopt the Backyard Millionaire four-home formula, own and control at least four homes in your own backyard, you will be wealthy. And I want you to own that backyard. Again, not BlackRock, not State Street, not Vanguard. You. You have the power to be just two things at once, incredibly wealthy and have a massive share and be a major stakeholder in your community, in your town, in your state by simply owning more of it. Why would you ever listen to somebody that would suggest you not own it? Look, yes, Bill Gates is buying hundreds of thousands of acres. Yes, Mark Zuckerberg is buying hundreds of thousands of acres. Yes, Bezos is buying, but you, nah, don't you worry about it. Don't worry about a tang. Big data's got you. Nope, not me and not you. Forget being a TikTok influencer. Get off Facebook, 
and face the facts. Your town is where your influence is needed, required, rewarded. Let me repeat that. Your town is where your influence is needed, required of you, and will be rewarded. You know, one in a million are going to hit anything even close to influence status online. What does that even mean? I mean, truly. So we have a generation of people that want to be famous now because anybody can be famous because anybody is famous. You've probably heard of Oliver Anthony, who hasn't. Doesn't want the fame, although he's still out there, obviously, and he's promoting himself to a degree, but most, mostly he's being promoted because he's tapped into the zeitgeist of the moment. He has tapped into something that is deep within millions of people, and that is a longing for something, but he doesn't want the money, he said. He's turned down a, what, $8 million contract I read? He's turned down all of it because he just wants to sing his song. He wants to do his thing. He wants to control his own destiny. And he started in his literal own backyard, and now he's made it all the way to the far reaches of the country and around the planet. But that's not something you should aim for. He didn't aim for it. It just happened. And if you aim for it and you aim for that kind of influence, you're going to miss it every time. You don't aim for it. You do what you do in your own backyard, where you are with what you've got. And I promise you, if you do that, you can make a million. Instead of a million to one odds, you can make a million in your own backyard and become massively influential right where you are with what you've got. That's a promise. It's a guarantee. And I'm here to say this. Unlike Klaus Schwab, unlike those at the WEF, WEF and Davos and all of the places around the world that are suggesting and promoting the Great Reset, here's my Great Reset. If I can do this, so can you. Say love is more precious than gold It can be bought and it can't be sold I love this song because it illustrates the true meaning of wealth. What is wealth without health? What is wealth without family? What is wealth without somebody to share life with and somebody that you love and revere and has reciprocity for you? That's the real meaning of wealth. And I think Chris Stapleton really masters that here. You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. I'm Chris Story. Thank you for being here with me. I got an email the other day, and I just I want to go over it, and I want to just extend myself, first of all, to you anytime 
day or night you want to email me, go to my website, ilovehomeralaska.com, and just say, hey, Chris. You've got mail. My family and I have been trying to buy a home for six years, feeling like it'll never happen. Rob, Rob, hold on, and let me tell you a story. I'm going to tell you, tell you the story of what I like to call the seven-year struggle. And this it could be summarized like this. It's, it's going from an apartment building, apartment, to a home in seven short years. <laughs> he said facetiously, yeah, seven short years. Felt like a long, long time. And my wife and I desperately wanted a home. We'd been making moves towards it, saving money, then took that money and invested in a business. And it wasn't until we sold that business and moved into another business that we realized we did have, after seven years, and I use the word struggle with respect to people that have really struggled, maybe had health struggles or whatever, something set against them really, you know, way more impactful than what, what I'm considering. The struggle was it was a mental struggle. It was a frustration. It was a constant cycle of being told no. And seven years of rejection, no matter how minor it might be looking backward, can feel enormous in the moment. Being rejected in the moment feels enormous and a weight upon you that starts to, in the aggregate, be almost overwhelming, almost to a point where you can't go on. You will go on, Robin. You will make it. Seven years is what it took me and Tiffany. Not just seven years of, hmm, that might be nice. Seven years of trying, seven years of struggling, seven years of saving, seven years of investing in ourselves, in our business, in understanding the world of mortgage and understanding how to master credit and understanding what is cash flow. And the way we did that is by managing somebody else's property. And then we began to understand management of cash flow, management of contracts, management of people, understanding people, understanding what does it take to get from here to there. Seven long years. And then once the ball started rolling, it was a little bit like a train. You know, it's really slow to get going. But then once it got going, everything seemed to get easier as we went. Now, I'm not suggesting that it's always easy now even. We struggled. We just lost a deal. That we were, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, we were a little emotionally sick over it. Which makes me that much more grateful that we lost it because anytime we're guided by emotions, we lose when it comes to investing in property. Truly, you can have emotions, but when you're guided by them, you almost always invariably will lose and you become a little bit jaded. Your vision is clouded. So you got to be absent and void of emotion as a guide. You can get excited and that's an emotion. You can just really love a property, but that love should never translate into the justification to get it or invest in it. So I'm not suggesting it will get easier per se, but once you get rolling, locomotion will take over, Robin. You will find the right people, you'll find the right properties, and you will find prosperity in real estate. And I'll give you this solution. It's a three-letter formula. DAD, D-A-D. This is my own little personal formula that I remind myself of very often. Define, act, and decide. So you've got to define, Rob, what it is you really want. What's your goal? Sounds like you've already articulated that. And we've talked about it since then, but I'm reiterating this for you. Define your goal very specifically. Zig Ziglar said, never become a wandering generality. Be a meaningful specific. That's exactly what ought to go into your definition 
of success, whatever it is you're after. And Rob, you're after a home and I'm going to help you. I'm going to make sure you get it. Uh, and then you act. You have to take action. It's not enough for me to want for you to do. It's not enough for you to want to do it. You got to take action. And you have been. I know that. But it's the right action sometimes. Again, it's similar to Stephen Covey's definition of climbing all the way to the top of the ladder only to learn you've leaned it against the wrong wall. So we'll make sure you're taking the right action in the right direction. And then you make decisions again and again that support what it is you want and what it is you say you want. Define, act, decide. That's the secret. Can you really start a business for $100 or less? Spoiler alert, the answer is yes. I'll explain plus the seven P's of a successful life in real estate when we return to the Backyard Millionaire. All right, before we get to the $100 startup, I'm going to give you the seven P's of a successful life in real estate. You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire. How to create wealth where you are with what you've got. I'm Chris Story. This, the, the seven Ps go like this. Prepare, persevere, persuade, push, pull, perpetuate, and prosper. That's a mouthful, Chris. It's a mouthful indeed. I don't know why. Why is there seven and not six? I don't know. Prepare. You've got to prepare. I mean, everything in life is about preparation. I forget the expression, is it 90% of luck is 10% perspiration? Something like that. I mean, essentially, you've got to be prepared for anything. And this is why we talk about in the three C's of, of becoming a backyard millionaire, cash flow, understanding your cash flow. If you're not prepared for the inevitable hot water heater, replacement heater, whatever it is, then ooh, it's going to make it very difficult persevere. This is what we we're just talking to Rob about. You got to persevere. You got to keep going forward and then learn to persuade. Now persuasion, well, nothing good ever happens without persuasion. Would you agree with that? I mean, I'll go back to Semmelweis, Dr. Semmelweis. Do you know who he is or was? Did you know that Dr. Semmelweis in 1840 was incarcerated for the insane, put into an insane asylum when they still had such a thing? Do you know why Dr. Semmelweis was put under a doctor's watchful eye and thought to be crazy because Dr. Semmelweis proposed that doctors wash their hands between patients. He suggested that these invisible things called germs and bacteria were going to go between patient to patient. And this is why the mortality rate at birth was so high. He was convinced of it, but nobody could see it and they didn't believe him, thought he was crazy. He had to persuade the world and the medical world to wash their hands. Can you even just think about that for a moment? Persuasion is what it took. And it, how many millions upon millions of lives have been saved as a result of just one salesman who had been to medical school and had an idea. Speaking of persuasion, did you know that sliced bread had to be sold? that the man who invented the slicer went broke for many, many years, never really even got to enjoy the wealth of sliced bread because people didn't want it, didn't trust it, didn't understand it, didn't know about it. Wait a minute, I don't want sliced bread. But eventually it caught on because somebody made a sale. 
persuasion. It's important. So it, a lot of people think about persuasion as, as sleazy salespeople, and, and a lot of people have taken advantage. But can name a name an industry, name a profession where there hasn't been some bad actors. Name one. Not going to find one. Not one single profession, not one single career industry around the world in the history of time has been unsoiled by some bad actors, some people that miss misinterpret, mischaracterize, abuse the role or position. Persuasion is huge in becoming successful in life and or in real estate or in real estate as in life. And pushing, pushing is really coming back to perseverance. If I didn't need a seventh P, I probably would have left pushing out. But, but it's also contrasted with pulling because those two go hand in hand. Sometimes you do need to push. Sometimes you need to be bold. You need to stand up. You need to be brave. You need to say, hold on. Why are you doing that in my backyard? Why are you allowing this zoning change? Or why aren't you allowing this zoning change? You need to be bold. You need to be able to push. You need to be able to persuade and pull. And what I mean by pull is to attract. Pull people with you. I've put together deals sometimes where I've had to pull together and attract a disparate group of people to accomplish something. So pulling is attracting. Pushing is being bold and brave. And then perpetuating means do it again, repeat, repeat, repeat. And if you do, well, you will prosper. There's no doubt in my mind. You will prosper if you follow the seven Ps. If you are a young individual investor at home and you have your choice between buying your first home or investing in stocks, where would you tell someone is the better well, bet? If I thought I was going to live, if I knew where I was going to want to live the next five or 10 years, I would buy, I would buy a home and I'd finance it with a 30-year mortgage. and. and uh, it's a terrific deal. And if I literally, if I was an investor that was a handy type, which I'm not, <laughs> and I could buy a couple of them at distressed prices uh, and find renters, uh, I think that's, uh, and, and, and again, take a 30-year mortgage. It's, it's a, a leveraged way of owning a very cheap asset now. And, and no, I, I, think, I think that's probably as attractive an investment as you can make. You're listening to The Backyard a Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. Where, where else could you do it and when else? Right now. I just received in the mail a copy of a book I've been excited about, almost like a kid at Christmas. I've been waiting for this book to come in. It's a book called Johnny Carson by Henry Bushkin. Henry Bushkin was a, a young lawyer that worked for Johnny Carson for about two decades. And this is a bit of a tell-all, um, but I don't get the impression, at least from what I, the, the, the press that I read about, I think this came out in 1990, maybe 1990, let me look and see. Oh, well, 2013. That's odd. I thought it came out in the 90s. No, it came out in 2013. And anyway, I just got myself a um, first edition hardcover copy of it. And I'm pretty excited. But I, I opened up just a little bit ago to just, you know, I'm, I'm so excited. I can't, I mean, I loved Johnny Carson. Loved with a capital L. I loved his show. I loved his humor. Um, he was just, he was a friend. You know what I mean? He, he was with me when I first discovered him in the mid-80s until he retired in, I forget the year, 90-something. And um, 
He just was a constant in America, right? He was a constant companion, as it were. In fact, his lawyer talked about the fact that he could never get away from the show. In fact, he said we'd be in Italy or we'd be somewhere abroad. And Johnny was a big tennis fan. And the attorney said he, he, we'd go to Wimbledon or we'd go to look at some tennis matches somewhere and, and watch for a while. And then after about a week, Johnny was nervous, a little twitchy. And he's like, I, I got to get back to the show. Couldn't be away from not the show per se, but the adoration of the audience is what I can surmise. The ad- adoration of that live audience. And, and it feed, feeds some people and it fed him. Well, I opened up the book just a little bit ago. And I just randomly picked a chapter and started reading And it was a story about Johnny sending a message to his son who was in a hospital bed through his attorney that Johnny couldn't come to see him because he was afraid it would turn into a media circus. And the attorney's describing this and he says, and it's, he wasn't wrong. It would have turned into a media circus if the public had gotten word or the press had known that Johnny was coming to see his son in the hospital. But he said his son visibly became weaker upon hearing the news. His shoulders slumped. And he ended up dying without his father ever having come to see him. And it just begs the question, what is wealth? without family, without relationships, without health. The greatest compliment I've ever received on my book, The Backyard Millionaire, my uncle read it and said, oh, I thought this was just going to be a book about making money. He goes, I realize now it's a book about living. I was searching, I was looking for me. and you can get started right where you are with what you've got. You don't need a million bucks to get started. You know, the, the, the old joke is, how do, you, how do you make a million dollars in the restaurant business? Start out with two. <laughs> it's not the way with real estate investment. You can start with almost, no, I'll take, I'm going to take that qualifier out. You can start with nothing because you don't have nothing. You have something where you are with what you've got. If you take an inventory of your life right now, no matter where you are in life, no matter what you've done, not done, read, not read, how many years of schooling, you can get started where you are with what you've got. And if you've got a hundred bucks, great. Let's spend it right now. If you've got less than a hundred, great. Let's get you started anyway. 
Chris Gillibo wrote a great little book about 10, 12 years ago called The $100 Startup. That's spelled G-U-I-L-L-E-B-A, excuse me, B-E-A-U, Chris Gillibo. Just type in $100 Startup if you want to order the book. The subtitle is Reinvent the Way You Make a Living, Do What You Love, and Create a New Future. And it's a sweet little book with a big idea. It really is. And, and the idea is a summation essentially of Jim Rohn's quote that you can work part-time on your future fortune while you're working full-time on your job. And that job, my, by the way, might be stay-at-home mom, might be stay-at-home dad, might be completely unemployed, might be completely overemployed, two jobs. So not to make this about myself, but I'll just tell you, when Tiffany and I started our real estate investment career, we were property managers on site at the apartment building that we lived in, and we took it so seriously, deadly seriously, to a point where we were putting in, well, I don't even know how many hours a week, but it was not part-time work, really, but it was part-time pay, because we got, in exchange for our work, we got our, our rent, basically, that's it. Um, we still had to pay our own electric or anything back. It's like, yeah, I can't believe I didn't ask him to cover the electric. But the bottom line is we got so much more than that. We got an education. We got a massive education. But we worked pretty much full time at that. Plus, we each had a job, raised a child, and we were starting a small business. All at the same time that we also were starting to invest in real estate, even though it took us seven Years, as I said, it took us seven years, seven years of struggling to get there, but we got there working more than a full-time job and worked very part-time on the future fortune of real estate. So how can you start your future fortune? How can you start your real estate empire with $100? You invest in education. First of all, things like this broadcast, The Backyard Millionaire, absolutely free. It always will be. It's not going to go behind a paywall. It's always going to be free. Even the podcast I'm talking about coming out in the mid midweek, starting next week, is still free. Available at ilovehomeralaska.com, by the way. But you invest in your education. It, oh, you can't read? No problem. You don't have to be able to read to hear this show. And you can learn to read or you can get people to, to help you understand contracts. I have actually worked with incredibly successful people that relied on attorneys and me and other people in the room to read the contract to them. Okay, that's number one. Number two, get books, get educated through books. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, excellent book, Robert Kiyosaki. Buy and Hold Real Estate Strategy by Dr. David Schumacher, gifted to me in 1992 by a very generous man named Chuck Huff. Changed my life, changed the trajectory of my life. Not instantly, by the way. Still, as I'm saying, took seven years from that moment. And then I would also, and this is not self-promotion, I say this with all humility and self-deprecation, get the backyard millionaire. Here's, I'm going to prove that it's not self-promotion. I want to give away five copies right now. Text the word millionaire at 907-299-7653, 299-7653. I wrote this book to make a difference. And that's what I want it to do. And that's what it does do. And I want to give it to you or somebody you love and know and would like to or hope to read it and get that kind of education for absolutely free. Text the word millionaire at 907-299-7653. We're going to talk about median home values throughout time in America and where they're headed when we return to the Backyard Millionaire. Stick around. Abraham Lincoln said, we here highly resolve that these dead 
shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. Well, Abraham Lincoln was talking to you and I, me, talking to you and me, when he said those words. It's up to you. If we're going to remain a people government, government for the people, by the people, of the people, if that is to remain, it's up to you. It's not up to your senator. You know what your senator's main job is? Unfortunately, what it has become is to bring pork home from other people's pockets around the country to you and to get reelected. Period. End of story. Nine out of ten times. What we need is a people people's government again. We need people to go and raise their hand and say, I will serve and then come home to my butcher shop. I will serve and then come home to my legal practice. Instead, what you've got is a professional elite class of politicians who put themselves first, put getting reelected above and ahead of what's in the interest of the long term. I give you an example. Senator Sullivan brought to Alaska HUD Secretary Fudge recently with an eye towards getting more CARES Act money to solve, using air quotes, our housing crises. Thank you, but I'd rather have a roundtable of Alaskans solving and sorting out our own problem versus adding trillions more to an unfunded liability called the national debt that will never be paid off. Hasn't Senator Sullivan spent enough of our future fortune with the CARES Act, the $7 trillion? Has it? No. It's up to you. It's up to you and me. It's not enough just to complain about it either. That's why I'm so emphatic that you must own your own backyard. Get the fudge out of here. We don't want more federal overreach. We do not want more federalized programs. That's not what Abraham Lincoln was talking about. That's not at all what he was talking about. He was talking about you and me. Where is the farmer politician? Where is the person that's going to raise their hand and say, you know what, I'll go serve, and then I'm going to come home, come back to the farm, pick up my till, and go back to work. They almost don't exist. That will be our undoing. That will be our downfall. So it's a call to you and me. As we talked about before, there are way more impactful and important relative to your property value, your use value of your property, things happening at the local level. But what do we focus on? What comes at us constantly? A barrage of news, an almost an assault of news at you every single day on a national political level, geopolitical level around the world. And yet what's happening local city hall? I'm not really sure. When did that pass? Who did that? Whose idea, good idea was that? Man, I wish I'd have been paying attention to that. That's what backyard millionaire status means. If you're not in the market to buy or invest right now, get educated, get involved, and stand up. Let me reread that real quick. A new birth of freedom. This is post-Civil War stuff. Maybe press in for now. Post-Civil War quote from Abraham Lincoln. A new birth of freedom, and that the government of the people, by the people, and for the people shall not perish from the earth. That's up to you. Let's look at some median home values. Remember, median meaning as many sold above as below. 
in the aggregate of the entirety of the market that sold that particular year, 1900, median home value was $1,600. By 1950, 50 years later, median home value had increased to 7,300. By 1960, median home value was 11,900. 1970, burgeoned to 17,000. 1980, median home value had crept up to 47,000. By 1990, full 10 years later, median home value was at 79,000. 2000, the year 2000, median home value was 119,000. By 2006, 221. By 2010, well, you remember what happened. It went down to 166. We had a housing crisis. And that was a reset because of some incredibly fraudulent practices pushed and foisted upon mortgage companies and allowed to perpetuate through secondary and third markets as a result of governmental interference, period. Put a, put a plug in that. 2015, they'd crept back up to 183. Hold on to your seatbelts because by 2020, 259, gaining momentum again. 2023, 416,000. 2020, 259. 2023, my second quarter, according to statistics, 416,000. And probably a bit on the rise before the end of the year. Not much, but a bit. This is why, this, this little historical lesson is why it's ever more important to get creative, get active, get in the game, and remember this, deals are rarely found, they're made. And I don't just mean the greatest or lowest price, I mean the deal. You gotta take in all the different components of the deal and that makes the deal of the decade, which can be found, quote unquote, once a week, which is really made, not found. And some might be thinking, oh, I'll believe it. Oh yeah, I can become a backyard millionaire, hmm. I'll believe that when I see it. And here's what I would say to you. No, no, that's wrong. Believe it. And then you'll see it. You have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in your ability. You are capable of anything. You can achieve any dream. Please don't limit yourself. Don't live your life limited. It's not all sadness and misery. Life's a chance. But you will succeed Take control of how you feel In every circumstance Work on yourself daily Your story's far from done The best is yet to come I want to thank you for spending this time with me here today. And by the way, giving out a bunch of books. <laughs> it went over five, but that's okay. I love it. And what's cool is that I'll probably, and I'll be glad to get them, text messages later tonight or first thing in the morning, two, three o'clock in the morning for people in different time zones. Sending the word millionaire to 907-299-7653 for your free copy of The Backyard Millionaire. How to create wealth where you are with what you've got. We have a little joke here because I give away, I love to give away the book. 
because it's what I wrote it for. I wrote it to get the message out. Yeah, I take the money, the books sell online, do very well, but I love giving them away. I get a great deal of joy out of that. And we have a bit of a joke when I hand one out to somebody here in the office. I'm like, how do you get rich selling books? Give them away one at a time. I want to talk just briefly in the remaining moments we've got here about managing like a millionaire. And it's important. So you're going to become a millionaire. You're going to have four homes. You're going to follow the four home formula. You're going to buy and hold equals gold. You're going to get the gold. But you got to manage it like it's precious because it is. And so a professional manager, look, they have their place. I've been managing properties professionally for 28 years. I get it. I understand and love the idea that there are professional property managers out there. But I want you to have a fingertip field. That means I want you to be engaged for at least one year, okay, with one property for at least one year. Then once you've done this, then you can manage uh, the manager. But until you've at least done one year, you're not going to understand the game completely or fully. You're not going to understand the rules or the players. Um, also, expectations. I want you to have a set of expectations you bring to the manager. I want you also to bring your own team. Who do you want working on the property? Who do you trust with your boiler? Who do you trust with this and that? And you've got to be able to know, wait a minute, what makes the most sense right now going forward for my cash flow, for the integrity of the property, for equity management? There's all those things that go into managing a property. Here's one pro tip right now. Look inside the car of your prospective tenant. If it's dirty, if it's nasty, if it smells, guess what your property is going to look like? Smell like, be like. There's one manager I read about who actually goes to your, if you're an applicant, they come to your house currently and meet you. And they look around, they say, we want to see how you're treating this property because that's going to inform us how do we manage or you're going to treat our property. But again, you don't get this fingertip feel. You don't really know until you've done it for yourself. So you want to manage like a millionaire by being the manager for at least one year. For David Webb and myself, I'm Chris Story, thanking you for being here, reminding you, you can go online to ilovehomeralaska.com and hear the show. And remember, you really can, and yes, I do mean you, really can make a million bucks in your own backyard. See you next time.